This week on TechCast, analog pocket cores, pixel impressions, new iPads and Apple TVs. All that and more starting right now. Hello and welcome to TechCast, a weekly podcast diving into tech headlines and potentially big stories that could change the industry as we know it. I'm Jake. And I'm Ben. Ben, how are you this evening? You know, I'm I'm doing pretty well. I've I've got I've made some changes in the room here. I've got an arm now for my for my mic, so I was able to turn my gain way down. So I'm hoping we don't have near as much background noise on on my end here. Uh, looking forward to hearing that this week once the podcast goes up. Um, yes, and uh, well, kind of segue for you here. I've I've got a drink this evening, and I'm I'm excited to share. Ooh, yes. Uh, what do you want? Tell me what it is. The, don't uh, let the suspense continue. <laughs> We'll let it build. We'll let it simmer for a little bit here first. Um, no, I actually. So Chelsea got some of the little mini cans of Seven Up and Dr Pepper. So I uh, put some uh, some Knob Knobs Creek in my cup with some ice and put a little mini can of Seven Up in there, and it's some it's some good stuff. Nice. A little stronger than I expected, but I wanted it was. I kind of had that amount of of uh, Knobs Creek left where it wasn't enough to justify two separate glasses. Little, little strong for a little heavy for for one single glass, but we'll we'll stretch it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. How about you? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a Rockstar Recovery Energy Drink. It is 8:46 p.m. Uh, our time, and mm-hmm. I'm drinking an energy drink. I've not slept a whole lot in the past couple days, so I'm a little sleepy. So I want to make sure underrated, I anyways. Or overrated, I mean. <laughs> Apparently, I need but to I want to make sure I had the energy to uh, to to record this podcast because we we missed last week. Um, full disclosure, it was due to some uh, you know family uh, instances on my end, so we we did take a, a moment to. Uh, I had a family member pass away, so we just took the the week off, and we're we're back at it this week and ready to go. Yep, yep. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what we've what we've got to go over this week here. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you were able to to take that time last week and and spend time with your family. Yeah, and I appreciate you being flexible and yeah. for our our listeners out there. That is why. Um, but I did want to talk to you. So we have talked about the analog pocket quite a bit over the well, this podcast, and uh, I've done a video on it. Uh. The pocket has had a couple updates. There was the biggest update came out in like end of July, early August. Uh, and basically what it did is it opened up the second FPGA core that's in the pocket to let it let people develop their own cores. So essentially create their own systems, platforms to play games and develop games for. Uh, obviously, the community took this opportunity to stretch the imagination of what this core can do. And so they've been uh, essentially reverse engineering like other FPGA cores from uh, consoles. So uh, the Super Nintendo, the uh, Sega Genesis, the Game Gear, all these consoles, uh, they've been able to reverse engineer and create cores for the pocket so you can throw ROMs on an SD card and play them at near hardware emulation level. Uh, it's very, very cool. And I, I wanted to to call out there have been a, a couple of videos in the community about this already, but it is it's a really neat program. Uh, someone just wrote a program that you plug in your SD card that you have in your analog pocket in your computer and you hit go. It'll scrub, check for an update, install the update, install every single working core that is available on GitHub. Uh, 
gets them ready organized. You can uh, go in and get a nice graphics interface. Where you can check and uncheck the cores you want to install and don't want to install. And it just, it just goes. And then it'll pop up a little message saying, all right, done. And wow. it creates folders on your card for uh, ROM. So you just drop your ROMs in and, and it just runs. See, that's, that's incredible to me because I think one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of people that are interested in emulation is just how tech minded you have to be for a lot of that. So the fact that someone was willing to make such an easy, just click go and yeah. kind of just have it all loaded on there is, is incredible. And I, what the, the analog pocket remind me again, is that 99 or 199? Uh, it is, I believe 230, like 220. Okay. Okay. So that's i mean to have a mobile emulator though that's that's an incredible price like that oh yeah here, like once you shared this story with me like i i i'm thinking about it now um before yeah. I mean, i've got games i can play on it but i I once you announced emulation for it too like that's that's a game changer and the fact that it's running on an fpga core so it's functioning exactly like the pocket does where they've created these cores that makes this uh, essentially this process the process the system on a chip think it's an SNES or think mm-hmm. that it's a Sega Genesis and so then when you throw a ROM in there it thinks that a cartridge is plugged in and it's going to play the cartridge like right. it would initially so it is running without all of the normal emulation hiccups that you get with like sound quality being bad or the not being able to like distinguish where the pixels go so like Mega Man is a classic test for like emulators mm-hmm. and how it handles it because it has like the, the little um, power bar and most displays aren't meant to run uh, at the resolutions that these consoles did so mm-hmm. when software emulation happens those like little bars that show your power level will often be smushed together so mm-hmm. you can't differentiate each individual bar mm-hmm. this one handles it perfectly because it's again it's running it at hardware emulation and then it's outputting it at the correct resolution now um has analog said anything about this like where is where is their head on this is there is their idea okay we built this hardware it's open you guys do whatever you want with it or is it more yes it's hey, literally okay. called open fpga is what it's called in oh, the nice. okay in the software of the pocket uh-huh and, so, and all of their past devices have also been jailbroken to allow like the use of like ROMs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, cause they've made an SNES uh, and a Sega Genesis um, like physical hardware pieces, just like the pocket, but designed for those cartridges, mm-hmm. uh, which by the way, if anyone is listening and is interested in those and they listen to this at the right time on, I believe the 28th. So a week from today, they are doing one final round of uh, sales of those original devices of their SNES and uh, Genesis pieces of hardware. They're 200 bucks a piece, but they do play the original cartridges at hardware emulation level. And it just, it's an HDMI output to your TV. So it'll, it'll configure correctly. It'll look amazing. It'll run perfectly exactly the way it did on original hardware. Yeah. I was disappointed to see that they're kind of doing a limited run thing with it. And it's like, I don't know. I just I, I was reading some of the comments about it too, and a lot of people were disappointed in the way they're doing it because it's very scalpy. Um, the the way it seemed, as far as like it's it's gonna be very easy for like bots to pick up and and oh, sell sure. these at a higher price and that type of thing. The way they're doing it, um, yeah. rather than doing like a, a order list or a waiting order or something like that. Yeah, which is unfortunate. That's and that's kind of how they did with the pocket too. Mm-hmm. Um, but these these 
devices have been out for several years now. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah, the, it's going to there's still been demand for them this entire time and they have sold for a premium. Mm-hmm. So it is going to make it scalping easier. But I think that the fact that the pocket isn't going to be continuing to be ongoingly sold and it can play all of these games. Mm-hmm. I think that might deter interest in these older hard pieces of hardware, which is why I think they're doing one final run of them. Mm-hmm. So like, well, the pocket does it all. And right. that's something you could take with you. Now, can the pocket mirror up to a display as well? Like, yes, can you plug they it in a dock into it? That, okay. Yep. They have a dock that you can buy that plug it in and you can, uh, Bluetooth connect controllers to it. Nice. So I can get like a little eight bit do controller or eight bit yep. do whatever you, however you pronounce it and play that. Okay. I I'm into that. I'm into that a lot. And I believe the dock also has uh, USB ports in it too. So you can plug in a wire controller to it as well. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, I mean, the, I said this in my video at for what it is meant to do, uh, which is play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance cartridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted to just do that, it is a perfect piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, back in June when I did that video, it was if they can get some of this other stuff down, then it'll be like a must buy for anyone that likes retro games. Mm-hmm. And with the people with the community building these cores, it's it's that now. Like yeah. if you like retro games even a little bit, you should absolutely fork over the money for it because the hardware is immaculate. The displays, I would say, perfect mm-hmm. um, and it can play anything like <laughs> who knows how far they can stretch this 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 uh system on a chip yeah like, remind me of the battery life again though did you notice any difference playing around with the new emulators versus the regular game boy emulators with a cartridge i haven't had enough time with it okay. uh to mess with that stuff yet i actually just did it uh tonight okay uh and try to launch a couple games but the battery life in the pocket is stellar standby time is unbelievable uh, okay i think i've lost i don't know 15 percent in standby over the course of like the last two months oh wow and that's okay. just like casual picking it up and playing like 15 minutes here and there uh, i don't play it as much as i want to just because there's a whole bunch of stuff i've been playing mm-hmm. but yeah the battery life's incredible yeah as you say my, my comparison because especially if i'm going to be playing other game boy and game boy advance games i would have to compare it to my game boy advance sp and as long as it's better battery life than that uh, yeah i'm sold yeah well and it's at uh like 10 times the resolution of well, the original yeah, Game Boy. Yeah. Uh, so like it's going to look amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, cool. Um, for, for listeners, for structuring this episode a little differently, we're going to go through some quick hits and then we're going to wrap up with, uh, I guess wrap up. The back half of the episode is all going to be about the Apple event or an Apple announcements because they didn't really do an event for mm-hmm. it. They just announced a bunch of stuff all at once. So I'm going to introduce a couple more topics here and then we'll go into a more conversation about the Apple stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But last week we missed uh, the episode, but I did want to call out the fact that Microsoft had their Surface event. Um, They didn't actually announce, in my opinion, all that much. And there's a new Surface laptop. There is a new Surface Pro 9 and there's a new Surface Studio. Uh, but the big announcement to me is that they are doing a, an ARM powered Surface Pro 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be, it's a, their, the SQ3 processor they're building with uh, Qualcomm. Uh, and it's going to enable some stuff that the Intel version of the Surface doesn't do. Like it'll give a 5G support. It's going to have its own neural engine that'll do like AI stuff. Uh, it'll allow it to do like, uh, 
like video blurring and stuff for like conference calls and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is priced $300 more than the Intel surface. Uh, but they're, they're claiming a lot of power from this thing. So if they can make it run as well as like, as well as I, th- I think they, at this point, as many times as they've like tried mm-hmm. <laughs> windows exactly. arm, exactly. The fact that they're building this all kind of in themselves in conjunction with Qualcomm, it makes me hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. I think getting Qualcomm involved was the right move. I think, allowing the surface pro to be more mobile too um is is also really beneficial too i think that's going to open up a whole different um avenue for them uh and, and revenue stream with being able to have more mobile and like work sites or i think like job sites stuff like that um for people that need to be able to carry that out on them um i think like realtors especially would benefit from something like that too um, um true so I, I think that it's definitely the right move i'm interested to see if like other arm chips with uh surface pro in the past if it's going to pretty much be just relying on the apps within windows store or if you're going to be able to find a lot of compatible options uh by downloading things off of a browser yeah i don't know how that's all gonna work i I imagine they've they would be dumb if they haven't built some sort of like compatibility layer not unlike the uh the Steam Deck does, for example, with their Proton layer that converts Windows executable games into like to run on Linux. Yeah, I uh, think a more a more direct comparison would be like, um, is it Catalyst that they call it that Mac calls it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and being able to convert Intel apps over to um, Mac with the M chips, uh, right. with the M series chips. So I think that that's definitely something that I I don't think we've heard anything yet about um microsoft doing something like that but i mean they pretty much have to at this point especially because I, I mean i feel like arm is kind of the future obviously intel and, and intel's trying to keep their partnership with microsoft as tightly as they can because they don't have apple anymore um right but uh yeah i don't know i don't know we'll, well see and that, we'll see and how that goes. does add a little bit to the surface event with the the surface laptop 5 mm-hmm. uh, unlike last year uh, the surface laptop 5 is intel only Right. Now, last year they had AMD variants, and and this year it's just Intel. Yeah, I almost which think... from what I've seen based on the announcements of all of their like the thirteen series, whatever their new series of chips is called, mm-hmm. they are like very impressive. So yeah, yeah, Intel's definitely. And I I think I almost feel like um, the Surface series is kind of having to become that showcase for Intel. To be able mm-hmm. to say to other manufacturers, look, like we are, we are coming back. We're making a big comeback. Stop using AMD because <laughs> a lot of different laptops have gone to AMD um, because they've been more power efficient or just given a lot more power for people that want it as well. I know like gaming laptops uh, seem to be a lot more AMD ones these days than than Intel. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how we'll see how it pans out. Yep. Yeah. Um, lastly, before we get into Apple, I wanted to tell you and our listeners all about pixel yeah because i'm excited the, to hear. the pixel 7s have been uh were released last friday i've had the pixel 7 pro and the pixel watch for a week now uh this upcoming week my my plan is to start my new short series uh, i'm going to do a short series on the pixel watch um and also in comparison to the galaxy watch 5 um so i'm currently running a test of how I guess consistent the watch five is with its like health stuff, mm-hmm. but the pixel stuff. Yes. So the pixel seven pro 
uh, very good. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. The battery life is not as good as I was expecting it to be because I'd heard a lot of really positive things about the battery life, and it's mm-hmm. not bad by any means. I guess I was just expecting more. Uh, but that being said, it is a giant display. It's a very bright display. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it does last a good amount of time. Like It'll get you well through a, a, a day and without having to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cameras are very impressive. Their zoom feature uh, where you can get because effectively they're doing what Apple did with like the cropping in on the main sensor. Right. I didn't quite grasp that they were doing this also on the the telephoto one too right because the the five times telephoto lens is also a 48 megapixel camera so they are oh i didn't catch that okay and so when you it can do an optical 10 times Mm -hmm. with that five times telephoto lens um okay that makes sense and then it can you with their like uh all their ai smart stuff you can get to 30 times actually fairly reliably to Mm -hmm. where it it looks pretty good and usable most of the time oh wow um yeah, I've been very, very impressed with the camera uh, thus far. Um, I guess, uh, what do you want to know about the phone? We'll you talk know, about the watch too, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed to hear that the battery isn't as good as you expected um, because I expected that to be where Google made a lot of big refinements from the Pixel 6 Pro. Not that mm-hmm. my battery was bad with the Pixel 6 Pro, but I just, if they're wanting to compete, they've got to get it at least near iPhone battery efficiency, in my opinion. I, I hate to keep rating Apple up, but I mean, that's that's kind of, I mean, I feel like that's the standard, especially for standby time, um, mm-hmm. is is battery life of an iPhone. Um, and the fact that Apple's got their their um, G sensor chip as well as, or their, their, their G, right? Yeah. The are talking about Google? Yeah, the, the Google Tensor, the Tensor chip. Yeah, the, the Tensor G2. Tensor G2, yeah. So they've got the Tensor G2. So like literally everything's from the ground up Google. Um, yep. so I think, I mean, obviously we're going to see it more refined each, each iteration now, um, as far as I think not just how much better the chip can get, but how much better they can marry the software with the chip to make it that much more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's, that's really, that's the biggest surprise to me too, that you're not experiencing the kind of battery life that you expected to see for gains. Um, but I mean, yeah, and hearing, when I say expected, I was expecting like being able to go two days on it. Mm hmm. Uh, which has not been my experience, which okay. is also something I can't say about this year's iPhone either. Uh, granted, I did move down to the smaller iPhone Pro this year, mm-hmm. uh, but I ha- the battery life between those two devices for me and my experience are about the same. Yeah. Um, where I'm comparing it mostly to is actually the Z Fold 4 okay. because my Z Fold 4, as far as just battery efficiency and standby and like using Android Auto for five, six hours a day, uh, I felt like it just handled things a lot more efficiently, but okay. it also has a way smaller front display. So True. that is accounting for a lot of it when I'm, when I'm using it quickly, mm-hmm. I'm using a lot more power with that gigantic, like yeah. big, beautiful display. Yeah. That's a um, good point. Um, I want to know about the fingerprint reader. Is it more accurate? Is it quicker? Do you notice any difference with it at all? Compared to my pixel six, mm-hmm. I think it's way better. Okay. I was disappointed yeah. to see that they still went with optical though and not ultrasound. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily bother me because I don't miss, I, I didn't really love the ultrasonic fingerprint sensor either. Mm-hmm. It, they both have their positives and like pluses and minuses. I just didn't 
it doesn't matter enough to me. Yeah. I, I don't see the the benefits of the ultrasonic as much as I felt like my S22 Ultra was more accurate on getting my thumbprint more frequently than my Pixel 6 Pro was. I have not had like, any problems with my okay. 7 Pro's fingerprint. I must have crappy thumbprints then. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, and it could be uh, like just the 7 Pro is just better mm-hmm. than the 6 Pro. Um, um, okay, so the last thing I want to know about the Pixel 7 Pro then, what is your video experience with it? Have you done anything with video yet? Just a smidge, and it is, it's good. Okay. I mean, it's not iPhone level, but mm-hmm. nothing really is at this point. Right. Um, I would say it's on par with like my experience with the the Z Fold Four, my mm-hmm. Twenty One Ultra. Okay. Okay. Um, watch time. Yes. Uh, I like it a lot, actually. Yeah. I like it way more than I like the Galaxy Watch Five. Mm-hmm. Um, the battery life is about the same between the two okay it, i mean it's a day mm-hmm. uh the thing i was very impressed with though is I, i've been running some tests where uh i wear you know both watches a full day and compare the uh fitness stuff how it tracks and auto pulls to the whoop oh, okay just to see like having the whoop be standard like not necessarily saying that the whoop is like the best but that's your baseline yeah and when you're looking at like fitness stuff Honestly, I would say like consistency is more important than accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my whoop has been fairly consistent. I've noticed that. Okay. And in in my test, like to the the beats per minute, like the heart rate has been the same on Pixel Watch. Okay. Wow. And with the Pixel Watch, are you so are you doing the always on display or no? No, I, I did turn always off. Dis- always on display off. I had it on the first day. And mm-hmm. I just I noticed how terrible my battery life on it was. Yeah. So I yeah. turned that off uh, pretty quickly. Uh, well, because that's what I've been hearing is that the strange thing about the always on display is it's also locked with the heart rate sensor. And so the heart rate sensor is always going on while the always on display is on. Yes. You would think they'd give you the option of either or or both. So it surprises me that they would choose to have them work in conjunction with each other. Yeah, I, I think I'm okay with the heart rate sensor always being on because it is. It's always because you know, you get your graph of your heart rate uh, and you mm-hmm. can see it granularly like kind of by by minute, uh, even with always on display off. But I think what the problem mm-hmm. is, is that it's updating the heart rate in real time on the display too. So the display is always refreshing. If they had it to where you could set it to okay. say, record my heart rate constantly but only update it on my watch every five minutes unless i'm in a workout yeah well that's just a complication isn't it can't you just remove that complication from the always on display i could but i want to see that (laughs) okay so you're willing to sacrifice the battery then (laughs) no i just turn off always on display because then i'll just tilt my wrist up and see my heart rate real quick and then move on i guess that's fair that's fair okay the thing that i like the most about the pixel watch so far has been uh google assistant being able to do mm-hmm. voice dictation with like very, very strong accuracy uh, is. Yeah, that was like the first thing. I mean, you were messaging me like immediately after getting the watch and you were just blown away by how accurate the voice dictation was. Yeah. And like this is like me in my car, just like shooting you a message while I'm driving, talking into space, just like mm-hmm. lathering on. And it got, I would say, 98 percent of what I said. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Whereas if I were doing it on my Apple Watch, uh, Siri would be like, I'm sorry, I didn't. Please try again later. Like, yeah, if you try doing recognized... anything with Siri on Apple Watch, it's just hot garbage. 
I've recognized that I know how to enunciate with each assistant. Cause like I would say accuracy when my wife is prompting both a, a, a Apple speaker or a Google speaker, it's about 60 to 70% accurate. And it's, it's because of the way, cause she's just talking normal language. And mm-hmm. I realized I enunciate differently knowing I'm talking to an assistant. Um, so I'm I'm curious though if the, yeah the app the um the new Google Watch seemed to pick that up really well with you though yeah uh, it's I mean it's nowhere near as good as the like the Pixel Seven itself mm-hmm. I'm very excited to try out that new uh, recorder uh, update that they've got coming where it'll uh, if you're having a conversation with someone it'll branch it out by who's talking it'll automatically yeah, segment that's out impressive. I'm very excited that's to really cool. play with that um, yeah the I think the weirdest thing, and I guess it sort of makes sense, but why I think that the Pixel Watch is doing dictation so much better than the Apple Watch is the Pixel Watch is doing it on the watch. Where I think the Apple Watch, at least in my experience, is trying to offload that information, all that work to the phone and spit it back while you're within range. Um, oh, okay. Is my is my guess. I, I'm not. Uh-huh. I, I guess I have no way of proving that. But I've noticed that when I'm in an area where my phone is like up and running and going really well, I am more. I get I get more accurate and less issues with Siri on my watch. Um, mm-hmm. But I noticed with my with the Pixel Watch, like it was when I launched it, it takes a beat and says like for like voice station, it says initializing, and then it'll say speak now. So I want to say that it's like opening up the dictation software on the watch to just let you start spinning because then it's real time as I talk. I'm watching it go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that certainly could be. I mean, that would kind of, well, that kind of leads into one um, complaint or quick thing that you noticed early on with the watch (laughs) is just how kind of disconnected the watch feels from the phone. Yes, uh, it is super frustrating that. And that is one area where like the Galaxy Watch does it better. Mm-hmm. I can go into the Galaxy Watch app, like the Samsung Wear app, and see the entire settings tree of the watch and tweak mm-hmm. it all from the phone. On the Pixel Watch, to do a software update, you have to initiate the software update from the watch. Like your phone will tell you, hey, your watch has got an update. Go to the settings mm-hmm. app on your watch and click update has to be on wi-fi has to be charging you can't it can't be like over 80 percent, and you'll do it it has to be on the charger for it to go wow yeah that's just that's that's strange to me that it would be so disconnected yep it's like the i mean it's it's almost like both the phone team and the watch team are working in separate rooms and they don't have any meetings with each other that they're they're sending all their information back and forth between carrier pigeons Right. Yes, exactly. So that pigeon was just delayed getting to them before the launch. Then. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm hoping that they, they, they tweak that. Uh, as far as build goes, I th- mm-hmm. it is by far my favorite design build of a watch. Full stop. I think yeah, it's so I, comfy. I think it's so good looking. I love the 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 crown on it i like how the mm-hmm. the button is like inset so you can't see it but it's there um i like the way that the bands work i actually think the bands connect super easy and like mm-hmm. comfortably uh, okay yeah i i 
I think it is a very successful first attempt. And if I am buying an Android phone, uh, it is going to be the watch I'd probably recommend to people. Okay. Wow. I think, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I will, I will eat crow because I thought it looked hideous when it was first announced when, when there were first ra- uh, renters of it and everything. And the more I see it, the more I see how, how well polished it is and um, their own digital crown or whatever they called it on the side. Um, it all looks very sleek and, and beautiful and, and well, well finished. I think it, it actually looks like a finished product. It doesn't look like the plasticky Wear OS devices that we've seen of your. Right. So um, I think that that's, that shows that Google is, is here to play and they, I'm excited to see if, if there's any, I mean, w- what kind of refinements could they even add with so, the second generation? I mean, I definitely think that the, the crown is not as smooth like, as like using it as like the Apple watch crown. I think there's mm-hmm. some update to be had there. Um, I think that obviously battery life could be better. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a huge improvement as they can figure out battery life. I mean, they need to make a tensor M yeah. or sorry, tensor W or whatever, just a, mm-hmm. a stripped down version of the tensor processor to run on the watch. Um, Cause it, what's it running now? It's, is it's it running. Chip? Yeah. It's running the same. No, it's an, is it an Exynos chip? It's an Exynos chip. It's running the same chip that okay. the galaxy watch three ran. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Um, that seems severely underpowered. Yeah, but they 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 threw in like it's got like two gigs of RAM. Oh, that's right. They threw in extra RAM. Yeah. Which like that's that's the Android way. Like yeah. when you have an old chip, you just throw more RAM at it. Exactly. And it does run yes. fairly smooth. Um, mm-hmm. It is. I think that the and this is more software related, but they need to figure out a way to combine the watch app with Fitbit's information because mm-hmm. uh, they're having to flip back and forth between the the watch app and then you have to go into Fitbit to see any of this, like the information. You can also see mm-hmm. some of it in the Google Fit app. It's just, it feels too well, disjointed. Ask, is Google Fit even utilized at all anymore with uh, the new you watch? Can, you can use it, but it is heavily encouraged to use the Fitbit app. Okay. I saw it because they give you six months free of Fitbit Premium yep. with the purchase of a watch. Yep. Which is funny. It makes me wonder if they're eventually going to just migrate all of the Fitbit app into Google Fit and then have like a premium Google Fit subscription like they do for Fitbit. Because I'm sure there are premium subscribers out there for Google Fit or for um, for Fitbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I doubt that Google wants to necessarily throw away that revenue. Um, so I'm interested to see if they eventually software side, if they eventually kind of mold all that together. Yeah, they'll probably end up calling it like hangouts fit <laughs> and when you open it it'll be like hey we're google duo d- active now <laughs> and we'll be sunsetting the app in six months yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well that's good i'm excited to hear that you've had such a good first impression with the watch and especially uh, i would say that maybe not a home run for the first generation but definitely at least third base yeah i mean i would i would say that I mean, I have not enjoyed an Android watch this much since like the Moto 360. Um, and it just, it works really well. We enjoyed that watch a lot. Yes. Yeah. It works well. It's comfortable. Uh, they, you can tell they've put a lot of care into designing it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm 
very hopeful for a, a follow-up model of it. If they can get, if they can nail battery life down, if they can trim the bezels down a little bit. Uh, the bezels mm-hmm. are pretty big. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, other, other than that, I think they, they really have done a very good job with it. Yeah. I'll, I'll also be interested to see how long, like if they'll be able to go the Apple route two of like, you could still use the same first gen bands from an Apple watch. I'd, to the current generations, they will absolutely do that. The yeah, you they, think so? The the way these bands connect on is so meticulously engineered that it's okay. there's no way they're going to get rid of it. Right it would away. be so stupid to change it. Okay, I'm not saying that like it's particularly great. I think it's very good, and it's nice. That you don't have to mess with pins and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it it can be a little weird, like getting them to snap if you're not used to it. But mm-hmm. it just kind of like. It reminds me of um, like a almost like a, a deadbolt, not a deadbolt, but you know, like the little privacy locks that like it has the little pin that you lift up, slide over, and then drop down. Yeah, it yeah. kind of reminds me of that. Where like if you line you line the uh, watch strap up and you just kind of slide mm-hmm. it, it'll click into place. Okay, but you have to line it okay. up first where the teeth will fit before it snaps. Okay. And then is there a release button then to yep. get it back out? Okay. And it's all kind of on the underside of the watch. Be- and it, it it makes a lot of sense with their design with like their curved domed top because it hides all of that. It hides the oh, button. Okay. It hides the like the actual like side button of the watch. It hides the uh, band release buttons. It hides everything. So it just mm-hmm. it looks so clean. And you're a fan of the the shape itself like a weathered smooth pebble yes type. very much so yeah. way more than okay. like it's it's what i wish the apple watch was honestly like as far yeah. as like shape design yeah i'm disappointed that apple still has uh, just refuses to leave square and, and go to circle I, I want a round-faced apple watch i mean th- you're gonna have people on both camps i understand the square screen because that's how content is displayed like right when you round the display you start cutting off content around the edges uh, yeah. So Google has done a pretty good job where most of the UI kind of like it gradients away as it nears the mm-hmm. edge. So it, it does a, like it tries to compensate for it, but it, it can look a little silly because the bezels are so big that it, mm-hmm. it gradients away almost too much sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I just especially with the with the Apple Watch, too, though. I mean, even their home screen, though, if you choose not to do list view, if you do like their web view or whatever they call it um grid view they call it grid yeah view. it's trash um, i don't I haven't all, used that yeah I, I mean i don't use it either i use list also because again content is square mm-hmm. um but with their grid view i mean that's all circular anyway so like that would have looked okay on us on a circle face as well um but yeah you're right i mean everything else it would have cut off you would yeah. have had to do a lot more scrolling by by doing it that way so i i get that i get that well good i'm happy to hear that you've had such a good experience with yes. the with the pixel watch um i think now they, did they announce buds with that as well? No, or, or uh, the Pixel Buds Pro came out a couple months ago. Okay, uh, I did That's pick right. those up That's alongside right. it, and they are pretty good. I like them more than mm-hmm. the Galaxy Buds Pro Two or whatever. Galaxy mm-hmm. Buds Two Pro, stupid name, Pro. hate it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Actually, uh, the Galaxy Buds Two Pro may be my least favorite earbuds I've ever owned. I oh, do really? not like them. Like, I straight up dislike them it's not even like i have complaints but i can see past them i uh-huh. don't think i enjoy any part of those earbuds 
are they they're just not comfortable or what they're not comfortable i don't like the shape they're hard to get twisted in my ear because they're so rounded they're better than the previous Mm -hmm. pros but they're just they're just hard to get in my ears uh the noise cancellation is okay but it's nothing to write home about the transparency Mm -hmm. modes tinny and weird and like amplifies too much garbage uh Mm. the mics are bad like yeah they're just not great yeah the the pixel buds pro are way better um and honestly i'm surprised that the case is as small as it is um Mm -hmm. i would just when you look at it you expect it to be bigger but obviously uh listeners won't be able to see this but you can like this is the pixel buds case up against the airpods pro 2 your pro 2 yeah okay like Size wise, they're actually about the yeah, same. They're actually about the same. It's a little wider, but mm-hmm. super pocketable. Yeah. They almost have the same problem as the Buds 2, where they're hard to get twisted in, but. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm still going to. Nine times out of 10, though, I'm going to reach for my AirPods. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Um, I believe. We've got some Apple stuff to talk about. Yeah, we got to talk about Apple. Uh, that, that's how we're going to like wrap the content outside of like our recommendations. So as we do every week, just before we get to that, uh, we do have a Twitter account. Follow us at TechSpace. Uh, I'm at EnserJ. Ben is at BenRealFun. We have a YouTube channel, our website, our Patreon. We got tons of places for you to follow us and, and see our content, listen to our content. We're going to try to create more content here. I said this week. Uh, I'm committing to it on air right now. We're going to start a new set of uh, weekly reviews through shorts. Uh, it's going to be cool. Uh, my, my plan is, especially once I get to phones, this first week is going to be watches. Uh, but going forward, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a review of every phone that I've got the last quarter. So I'm going to have a Flip 4, <laughs> Fold 4, iPhone 14 Pro, and Pixel 7 Pro reviews coming. And every day is going to be a new, like a different, uh, I guess, review segment. So day one, I'm going to guess it's going to be design and build. And then we'll go from there. So like uh, day two will be like camera or software or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, to trial that out uh, versus like the standard super long you know, 10 to 15 minute video kind of breaking it up into pieces. So if you are yeah, just wondering time for that. Yeah. Well, and if I'm, <laughs> if I'm someone who wants to know about, uh, the, the iPhone 14 pro, I'm going to go to like, but I only care about the camera. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be pretty nice just to have a quick little video that just tells me about the camera and that's it. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So I we'll agree. see how that plays. I'm, I'm hoping it, it does well and that our, we'll find an audience for it. Yeah, me too. But Ben, let's talk about Apple. I've talked a lot, so oh, I want man. you to talk about Apple. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, Apple dumped a lot on us this week. Um, no event. Uh, it was just all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. They dropped three different big stories in their newsroom. Um, they dropped a couple of videos, too. I actually had one crop up in my YouTube suggested videos uh, talking about their new iPads. Um, do you want to talk about iPad or Apple TV first? Let's do... Let's do Apple TV. Okay. So Apple announced the new Apple TV 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, with the new Apple TV 4K, they did a couple different things. Um, first off, significantly cheaper. Well, $50 cheaper. 
Um, previous starting price was 179. Now they're announcing the 4K at 129, which is great. We're yep. going in the right direction. Um, in fact, I think it was uh, um, uh, Mark Gurman has actually said that um, he's expecting it to be even under the $100 mark by next year already. Um, so Apple's definitely trying to make a bid for cheaper hardware to get the get people using their services. Mm-hmm. They want to compete with the Roku's and the Amazon Fire TVs at this point, it sounds like. Um, because they want to get more people using Apple TV Plus and maybe Apple Music too. I don't know if people use that on their Apple TVs or not all that much. Um, so with the Apple TV 4K, not only did they do that, but they also doubled the base storage on it um, at that lower price. Mm-hmm. So it starts at 128 gigabyte um, for the storage on it. Uh, previously, it was 32 and 64 um and now wait does it start at 128 let me start at 64 doesn't it um starts at yeah starts at 64 sorry starts at 64 um so yeah previously it was 32 and 64 now it starts at 64 and you can double up to 128 if you do just the 64 gigabyte base model at 129 uh it is wi-fi only it drops the ethernet port um, it also, um, does not include matter support, uh, if you do the, um, base model. Now, if you go up the $50 to the, um, to double your storage, you also get with that an additional, uh, you get an ethernet port and matter compatible as well. Um, it was interesting to me that they omitted matter compatibility from the base model. I want I want to throw out you said the fifty dollars more. It's only twenty dollars more. Oh. It's only hundred and fifty bucks for the hundred and twenty-eight gig model with Ethernet, with thread support, with yeah. Oh well that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh I mean for the twenty dollars more. I mean I don't use it. I know Ethernet because I already mine, ordered it. But, okay. Okay. <laughs> I ordered I, it for I, a couple reasons. Uh huh. And you omitted the most important update they did for it. HDR10? No. Plus? No. Okay. Is it the it's it's the most important it's the biggest deal. The remote that you can buy separately? Yeah. It, it charges via Jake, USB-C you now then. But you, you can charge it separate you can buy it separately. Yeah, but if you I wanted another one cuz I have multiple TVs. Uh Okay. And I wanted the new remote, so like why not? I might as well. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So, so USB-C is kind of kind of the theme here. So we'll we'll get into that with the iPads <laughs> too. USB-C is kind of the theme here. So they definitely, I mean, the, uh, on the on the European side, I mean, they've been passing things that uh, basically say like Apple needs to start going USB-C for all their products. Yep. Um, and so I, I wasn't too surprised to see the remote going USB-C, um, but it, it's uh, obviously very very welcome to see them bringing USB-C to all their other devices for the most part. Um, uh did i omit anything else from the apple tv uh i think i mean again hdr 10 plus um support being added um to the dolby so previously it supported just dolby vision now supporting hdr 10 plus uh means that it will be supported by um samsung's proprietary um hdr um as well as um there was another tv manufacturer too that only uses hdr 10 plus and it's eluding me right now um but the biggest one was Samsung. Obviously, a lot of a lot of people use Samsung smart TVs, um, and Samsung was a big holdout for Dolby Vision. They refused to put Dolby Vision on their TVs. So now you'll get HDR out of the Apple TVs on a Samsung TV as well, which is which is pretty great. Uh, they did update the processor to the A15, which previously was the A12. 
Yeah, I mean, while that's a big bump, though, how many people really play games on their Apple TV? Right now, no one. But I think that Apple, with the trying to put this in many people's homes, mm-hmm. I think we could start seeing them try to leverage this as a like a game console of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, actually, I will go on a little bit of a, a, a tangent here since we are talking about gaming on the Apple TV. Uh, last episode that we recorded, I had mentioned Shovel Knight Dig. Yes. And you mentioned, oh, well, that's on Switch. And I was like, oh, it probably is on Switch. Oh, but wait, I'm playing on Apple TV Plus. Isn't Apple TV Plus on the Apple TV? Or on, I'm playing on uh, Arcade. I'm playing mm-hmm. on Apple Arcade. Isn't that on the Apple TV? Um and so I went to Apple TV and sure enough, it's available on Apple Arcade and Apple TV as well. So I connected my uh, Xbox controller to my Apple TV mm. and I've been playing Shovel Knight Dig on my Apple TV. Nice. Um, it's an experience. Um, <laughs> there is definitely, it's not as um, responsive uh, using a, a, a controller on an Apple TV as it would be using on an Xbox or, or a PlayStation. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing to experience. But I do kind of want to play around with some other games on the Apple TV as well and see how they perform too. Um, I kind of want to order a new Apple TV, so maybe I'll kind of compare the two and, and get a video up on that because that definitely... I, I mean, you make a good point. I think that Apple really wants to start getting people interested in playing games on the Apple TV. Um, and we'll kind of see what direction they go with that as well. Yeah, I mean, fun, fun thing you can do with an Apple TV right now is uh, the Steam Link app uh, does work mm-hmm. and you can so you can oh. stream from your gaming PC mm-hmm. through to the Apple TV. So you like you did you pair an xbox controller to the apple tv and then you stream your games from your pc over your home internet but jake i have a dedicated steam link hardware i mean yeah so do i but that takes <laughs> up another hdmi port and those are that's true limited uh, that's true that's true those are a hot commodity <laughs> yes hot commodity indeed um that pretty much sums it up for the apple tv updates though i definitely i honestly i'm tempted just to just to get the new remote I mean, I really like the idea of charging with with USB Type C. Anything I can charge with you, I imagine that's going to allow it to charge faster too. Apple didn't speak anything on that, um, but my Apple remote kind of takes a bit to charge, which is kind of disappointing. I would expect like because like the other day it was giving me a warning. I had to go like ten. Per, I had ten percent left on my battery, and I just stood on the charger for like I don't know thirty minutes, and I got rid of the ten percent ten percent warning. But it's only sitting like. Mm, 20-25%. I was really disappointed in that. And that's on like the higher wattage charger too. Not that it probably doesn't support fast charging. But right. Um all right. Well, let's move on to iPads. Yeah. Um should I should I bury the lead or do you want me to jump right into it for you? Because I know you're very excited about one particular thing. Uh what thing am I particularly excited? Oh well, yeah. Uh we kind of already talked about it. Just go, just have. let's yeah let's let's save the new iPad. Okay, okay. So we'll go to the iPad Pro. Okay, yeah. So iPad Pro, um, it's got the M2. I mean, <laughs> there's yeah. really not much else to it to be honest. Yeah. Uh, they I mean they added Wi-Fi six E now, um, which I believe I don't even think that previously had Wi-Fi six. I think it was still just on Wi-Fi five. Um, so it's got Wi-Fi 6E now, so certainly supports faster speeds uh, for those that have some of the the latest 
routers. Um, I mean, other than that, there's really not much new with the iPad Pro. Um, it was pretty much just that internal update um, and the pencil hover experience. Yeah. Um, so very much uh, Galaxy Note and S22 Ultra vibes. Um, you just you hover your Apple Pencil within, I think they said, 20 millimeters of the screen, and you'll see a little UI indicator of what exactly you will be, uh, what area you will be tapping on. And depending on the app that you're using, if it's like, uh, I think it was Procreate, maybe they kind of flexed with a little bit. Um, it supports actually showing you like the size of what your application will be mm-hmm. um, of the pencil to the to the iPad um, and like what color you're going to use and, and that type of the texture and stuff like that. Um, cool feature, certainly welcome. Um, I like that it's supported with the existing second generation Apple Pencil that people are already using for the iPad Pro. So you don't have to buy a new Apple Pencil. Um, certainly not upgrade worthy. I mean, if you've had an if you got an iPad in the last two three years, like I, I'm still rocking the original iPad Pro 11th gen, and I'm still happy with that. Yep. Um, it's starting to show its age a little bit. Um, kind of stutters here and there with some games, but I mean, still, there's no big mind blowing feature. I'm like, oh, I have to have that. Well, and, um, and they they brought piles to the the OG 11. You they, can do stage manager what? on the on not the M1 now. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, that was a, that came out uh, three weeks ago in like a beta update. I don't think I've seen anything about it on my iPad. No, you, you have to go in and turn it on. It's disabled by default. It's like an experimental beta feature. I've got it running on mine. Oh, and I never you know what? play with that and see. I never use it. I should probably turn it off because <laughs> <laughs> because it's a bad way to interact with apps on a on an iPad. I'm just going to say full stop. It is not a good way to interact with apps. No, stage manager is not for people that just use the iPad. Stage manager makes sense, though, if you are that very rare individual, which God bless you, but you for some reason plug your iPad into an external display. Uh, I disagree with that, too. I think that it is. I don't think it is a an effective way to do multitasking and I might end up being wrong. It might people might love it and it might be great. I just don't care for it on any any usability like with on laptop on on touch on anything. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it's with so much wasted display, space. that would be beneficial. I think. Well, I mean, keep in mind, though, too, I think it's it's certainly more for the individuals that use a 12.9 inch iPad. It is so much wasted space on my 14 inch <laughs> MacBook Pro. Oh, see, so yeah, yeah, I guess. Why, why would I want to waste a third of my, or I guess a fifth of my screen looking at little piles of my other apps that I'm not using right now? Like they already yeah. have that. It's the dock. Yeah. They already have that on the That's iPad. That's a fair point. It's the dock. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see stage manager go the way of the touch bar. Ah, Fingers man. crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, so... I mean, yeah, that's that's it with the iPad Pro. Oh, I'm sorry. With the 12.9 inch iPad Pro 2, they did also announce reference mode, um, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, that's not something for me, but I think that the type of people that get a 12.9 inch iPad Pro are those professional users um, that will really benefit from having that reference mode um, for photography and 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 videography, um, being able to to edit all those images and, and videos um, in color accurate mode. Versus the True Tone display versus Apple's own coloring 
um, science, I think that that's certainly a big benefit to them too. Um, but that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the iPad pro. Yep. Um, so really the, the big story here is the iPad. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So Apple announced a new iPad also referred to as iPad. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you, if you look at the website, it is listed as the 10th generation iPad. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. So they're still keeping the ninth generation iPad, uh-huh. which is the previous form factor at the same price that they have been selling it for the last year. Yep. Yep. At the same price. Well, it's because the new iPad that's been announced, the iPad 10th gen is a higher price. Mm-hmm. So that's how they justify having the, the same price for the previous model. Right. Instead so, of, you know, like reducing it because it's a year old product. Oh yeah. No, the, so the, the new, the new iPad, the 10th gen iPad is my iPad pro 11th gen <laughs> or is my iPad pro 11 inch. Uh, I disagree with that. Really? It is the uh, previous generation iPad air. It's the same chip as my iPad Pro. It is the same chip as the previous iPad Air. Well, the, the no, difference is is it does not have, have they don't have ProMotion display. No ProMotion. They don't have yep. uh, the it doesn't have the magnets for the the good Apple Pencil. So you have to still charge it with a dongle and a cord. No, I was going to say it's so because so yeah so let's let's get to that. So the iPad, the new iPad, the tenth gen iPad, is Type C. Yay. Whoopee. Great. Um, high fives all around. But they want you to still use the old generation Apple Pencil, which, as many recall, is lightning. So you have to get a USB Type-C to lightning adapter. It comes just to with charge. it. Oh, does it come with it? Yes. I thought Apple's website uh, kind of implied that you have to buy that separately. You can buy it separately, but from my understanding is they were including it in. Let me double check. Mm, Including it with the new iPad or including it with the Apple Pencil? Because that's both seem strange to me. That is a Both seem like waste since Apple is all about not giving you cords anymore. Yeah. Or bricks Uh... anymore. Because if I look at the iPad in particular here, price and availability, a new USB-C to Apple Pencil adapter is required for pairing and charging. Oh, and is included in the box with a new version of Apple Pencil first gen for $99. Okay. So for existing owners of Apple Pencil, the USB-C to Apple Pencil adapter is sold separately for $9 or it is included in the box for people that purchase the first gen Apple Pencil now. Yes. So that can also get confusing though for people because if I go into Target right now or when this iPad launches, who's going to tell me, a, a Target employee is not going to be able to tell me, oh, this, this first gen Apple Pencil has the adapter in it. So I'm curious what they're going to change on the box itself to signify this is right. This is the new first gen Apple Pencil. Um, the other big thing with the new iPad 10th gen though, it's all you've asked for, Jake. You now have a landscape yeah. oriented camera. Which congratulations. Which is wild. They did not put that on the new iPad Pros. Dude, you're telling me. <laughs> Why? Why does that make any sense? 
You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of, do you remember the 11 inch MacBook? Mm hmm. That was there. It was redesigned body. Dare to be type C. Uh, yeah, it was the first type C device that they uh, offered out. Mm-hmm. And yet they still like announced old version, like new updated versions of their old designs for all of their other products. Mm-hmm. This kind of feels that way to me where this is like, oh, uh, well, you know, we're going to this is our new product line. It's going to have all these cool new features. And then next year, the ones you actually want to buy are going to be able to have them. Okay, so I have a little bit different theory. So Apple had um, very much stressed the new Magic Keyboard Folio for yeah. iPad 10th gen. Also not compatible with the uh, the new iPads, the iPad Pros. Right, correct. But here's the thing. If you look at the pricing for the Magic Keyboard Folio for iPad, $249, Plus the 449 for the new iPad 10th gen. Um, isn't that eerily close to a Surface Pro? Mm, no, that's 700 bucks. The and Surface Pro is a thousand. Okay, Surface Pro 9 so is severely nine. The, the ARM one is 1300. Okay, so severely undercutting a Surface Pro, right? But this is what I'm getting at, is they, I think, have purposely priced this in a way that it is to take students from getting a Surface Pro and instead buying an iPad with a keyboard. Hmm. It even, the new keyboard folio, even has a hinge similar to the Surface Pro. Yeah, and then the keyboard is detachable, which is all I've wanted in the, the Magic Keyboards for the like the iPads in a while. Like I want a yeah. kickstand, but I don't always want to have the keyboard with it. Yep. I hate having to flip my keyboard around backwards and I hate having to have my keyboard in front of me when I just want to prop it up. Yep. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this, I think this, this new iPad 10th gen is they've done everything they can now to position it to students. I'm surprised and disappointed that they didn't try getting this out right before the school year this year. Mm-hmm. But Apple uh, typically announces their iPad stuff um, later in the year or in the springtime. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense timing wise, too, but I'm disappointed they didn't try getting this out in time for school. I think that this is going to be a big hit for school. Um, I'm yeah, I'm just I'm just like you. I'm shocked and disappointed they did not do a landscape camera on the new iPad Pro and have the new keyboard. I think we're going to see the keyboard in the spring. Now, I'm calling it next year. They're going to have the the f- fifth generation iPad Pro 11 inch. That's got uh, probably an updated design. It's going to have because I just I read an article that uh, they're like the new um, Pixel tablet working on like a speaker dock for iPad. Mm-hmm. I, I can see we get a, a new keyboard, a speaker dock, all that stuff, new body design, new magnet placements, blah, 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 next next fall. Do you think they'll do new magnet placements? I don't think they have to. They probably don't have to, no. But I think that I they think, do a oop, I think they do a body redesign, then they may as well. I don't think they'll do a body redesign. Maybe not. I don't know. We've just been running with this body design for this, well, three generations now. 
Well, and it's it's funny you bring up design though too, because I did also see, and I, I have to double check her name here, so I apologize. Um, the um, not the VP of design, but the vice VP of design of product design at Apple mm-hmm. has announced that she will be leaving. Um, and she is staying there for another six months as they find a replacement for her. Um, but it is interesting that you bring that up um, because it makes me wonder if we will start seeing a new direction with their with design elements in their products. Yeah, because um, I mean, they, they you're not wrong. They have pretty much run their course. I mean, the new Macs, the the new MacBooks are certainly welcome, um, but everything now at this point has kind of gone the squared body design um so it'll be interesting to see if they just continue to reiterate on that each year or if they'll actually go ahead and do a completely different redesign for all of their products going forward right um i mean we've had basically the same iphone design since the was it the 12 12 that they went square yeah Mm -hmm. um and before that I, i guess i don't know if she was a part of the 11 or not but was 11 to the 6 was all a rounded body a rounded surfboard instead um and I mean, with the Macs, I mean, gosh, the MacBook Air kept on that design for how long? Yeah. Um, ever since it came out. Um, so, I mean, uh, you're not wrong. I think that it's possible maybe she's stepping down because they're starting to experiment with different designs that she's maybe not as comfortable or, or artistically interested in. Um, like something like the speaker dock. I'm interested to see what kind of a take Apple would do for a speaker dock. Um, because like you look at the home pods both the home pod and the home pod mini and i just think of how they can have something that resembles that design wise as a speaker dock yeah i think that we will see i think that is the reason we don't have new home pods i think we're going to get a home pod redesign yeah i mean it's been rumored um for the last 6 months at least that they're planning on releasing a new home pod. Yeah. It won't be as high end as the original home pod was. Um, that's expected to start at a little bit lower price. Um, but I'm curious if we'll get redesigned home pod minis with that as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think we're going to see, I'm going to guess we're going to see like a early spring event. That's mm-hmm. all about audio. We're going to get new AirPods Max. We're going to get new HomePods. We're going to get maybe the speaker dock. Yeah, that's that's my guess. I mean, maybe a sound bar. Maybe we'll get like mm-hmm. a and a new Apple TV uh, with it, like built into a sound bar. Actually, I'm surprised. So that's they haven't surprising done that. to me. I'm surprised they haven't either. Like a HomePod with Apple TV software built into it yeah. makes perfect sense to me. I'm genuinely surprised they haven't done that yet. Um, and maybe that's something they're playing around with. I mean, I. I think honestly, I think if they did like, what was the original price of the HomePod? Was that three ninety nine or three forty nine? Three ninety nine, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, if I think they could justify doing three ninety nine for a HomePod again, if it included Apple TV software with it, so you plug it in via HDMI, and it has the same, if not similar, quality to the original HomePod, mm-hmm. but has Apple TV software built in. That I think could justify a four hundred dollar price tag. Yeah, for for Apple's in Apple's point of view, at least, I don't think they get. The, uh, the huge mainstream that they're looking for, as it seems with the 129 Apple TV 4K that's been announced. Um, but I mean, 
maybe that's why they're announcing such cheaper Apple TV hardware is because they have a bigger high-end premium that they're starting to focus on. Um, you don't want a $180 to $200 Apple TV competing with a $250, $300 Apple TV. Right. Um, so I, I mean that, that could be, that could be so that, but you mentioned that you expect all that for a spring event. Do you think they'll have another fall event at this point? I mean, having dropped all they did with the iPad stuff, I mean, what else do they have to announce? Mac pro. You think you really think they'd have an event just for Mac pro? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, maybe not. Maybe they'll also do their audio event. Yeah. I, well, I guess, but they did say earlier in the year to expect Mac Pro later this year, I think, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they specifically said later this year. I think that was the assumption. I guess, I guess they just say later. Yeah. But. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, announcing the iPad, is, maybe they're getting serious about talking about the Mac Pro and what it has to offer and putting, well, they've already put the M2 chips in the new MacBook Pros, though, and the MacBook Pros in the MacBook Air. No, just the, well, the 13-inch the Mac Pro. They have not done the good Mac oh, 14 and 16 has not uh, gotten the Mac or has oh, no because okay. they just had the M2 they don't have an M2 Pro M2 Max M2 Ultra okay, okay. they only have a base M2 so that those would not go in the the 14 and 16 right, inch into the 14 and 16 inch okay yeah. okay yeah I mean maybe that's what we have to expect it as a, a new Mac event for November well it'd have to be November at this point yeah I get oh pretty what they had an event last year in November too, didn't they? Isn't that when they announced their MacBook Pros? Uh, sounds sounds right. Yeah. Let me double check here. Yeah, I okay. Here's my here's my called shot. November okay. event, Mac Pro, and a uh, AR update. Or announcement, I guess, that it exists. Okay. Because with the the Quest Pro now out, or I guess revealed officially with a price, with all the AR stuff they're wanting to do, mm-hmm. that is directly in line with what Apple is rumored to be doing with their AR headset, uh, with this mixed reality thing. So I think that it is, it is their moment to to announce as well, if they're close. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see them at least doing a teaser, like a, a one last thing or one more thing after talking about MacBooks uh, or, or Macs and, and the Mac Pro like you talked about. Um, so it was October 18 of 2021 that they announced Macs uh, or the M1 Pro Ultra and, and all that. Or uh, those are Ultra. coming until next year. I'm confident oh, the M2 Pros won't come until next year. Oh, because it was a full year gap between M1 and M1 Pro. I don't think they'll do an event just for the Mac Pro, though. Yeah, I think they'll do their audio stuff. Okay, so you think that'll wait until the springtime? <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I, well, I mean, I thought they were going to do an event for iPads. Maybe they won't do an event. Maybe they'll just do a do a press release. <laughs> for, the, for the Mac Pro? For the Mac Pro, yeah. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? They announced no. a new iPad proper via press release. Yeah. 
That's so strange to me. I like this this whole like this whole info dump is just very unapple. Mm-hmm. What's their game? I gotta figure it out. I don't know what's going on. Um, that I mean, that's uh, that's that's really about all I had for announcements, though. I was just I I was just baffled when I was just I was I was perusing the interwebs on Tuesday, and I was like, wait, what did they announce? Did they have an event I missed? And then come to find out, nope, Apple just dropped a uh, shit ton of stuff on Apple Newsroom. So, yep. I've got so I went to Apple Newsroom and read through all of it. <laughs> I do have the new Apple TV on the way. And on Wednesday, I should be getting my uh, Nest Wi-Fi Pro. I'm very excited about. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm do- my thing about the Nest Wi-Fi Pro, I'm just I'm very disappointed that the Google Assistant speakers are not built into the additional hubs anymore. Yeah. I use that feature a lot. I didn't want to buy other additional speakers and I don't want to buy additional speakers. I like that. I have them built into my hubs. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've also, I I've kind of looked at Orbi a little bit and a couple other, like I just, I want faster Wi-Fi, point blank, but I don't want to give up my Google assistant speakers. So I'm torn. I don't know. We'll see. Um, what, uh, what do you have for recommendations this week, Jake? What have you been consuming? Oh, so I got I got a lot of quick stuff to talk about. Um, so I do want to throw out the, the game on my phone called Survivor.io. Uh, I brought Vampire Survivors the last episode we talked. This mm-hmm. is that game for iOS, just like different. It's not vampire themed uh, and with more like monetization hooks. It's good. It's fun. I've been playing a lot of it. Uh, I think I know what you're going to bring, so I won't talk yes. about that one. Uh, it. I will quickly mention uh, that Persona 5 The Royal launched today on PC and Switch. Uh, one of my favorite games of all time, and it is perfect for portable. So if you have a Switch or a Steam Deck, you should absolutely pick it up. Uh, Gotham Knights came out, uh, yeah. which is it's I've enjoyed my time with it so far. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing. The launch that came out today that I've consumed already. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, her new album came out and it is oh, quite good. It is nice. more somber than her last okay. album, but it is it is quite good. It's growing on me yeah. a lot. Nice. She. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I know you're a huge fan. Um, yes. Uh, uh, now, does she she sticks to the same genre or does she typically do a little bit it's different all, genres it's, each time? It's pop. Uh, but there's always been kind of like more of like a tone shift to which with each album. Mm -hmm. Uh, So her last album dedicated uh, was very, I guess uh, it felt very modern pop. Okay. Uh, Emotion, which is her album before that had some kind of eighties vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this, this new album is it's got a little bit of everything. It's, it's a lot slower paced than her last album. Um, But yeah, it's very good. This album's called The Loneliest Time. Okay. And it is it is quite good. It sounds like uh pandemic inspired. <laughs> it fair. I, I wanna say it is um I guess more breakup heartbreak inspired. Okay. Um I'll have to check it out. Uh my favorite song so far on first listen is uh, called Joshua Tree. And uh, it is Outside of the single she'd already released, she released I think five singles leading up to the album. Oh wow! Uh, but but yeah, how Including much the album title is left? Uh, <laughs> okay, 
which I was also very surprised about that normally the title track isn't a single released. Right. Um, but yeah, the loneliest time came out a few weeks ago, uh, featuring Rufus Rainwhite, which, uh, is he has the version of hallelujah from Shrek. Oh, okay. Uh, that's uh, everyone cool. will know that one. Yeah. And yep. it is that song. is a, a, a banger. Um, okay. Beach house is also very good. That one is just about, uh, the dudes that are the worst okay, um, in a very kind of fun, silly mm-hmm. way. Okay. No, big recommend. I, yeah. I've listened to the whole album front to back once. Uh, I've listened to a couple of songs more than once. And my plan is to continue to listen to it uh, on repeat nonstop for <laughs> probably the remainder of the year. Cause I want to make sure my Spotify wrapped uh, definitely <laughs> shows the, the amount of times that I want to listen to this album. Yes. That's great. That's great. Um, so my recommendation, my only, my sole recommendation, the only thing I've been consuming since I discovered it two days ago, Marvel Snap. Yes. Oh my gosh. So fun. So um, for those that don't know, um, uh, some of the co-founders or co-creators of Hearthstone um, worked with Marvel in creating uh, their own card game uh, called Marvel Snap. And uh it's very much hearthstone roots um but you have three separate spots that you can play your card and those locations vary and so there's different abilities or powers um that those locations um may have that can influence what cards you decide to play in those locations so there's a little bit of chess strategy involved too that i like a lot about it too um i I kept thinking of Clash Royale as well a little bit with like trying to plan on what is what is, what could this person possibly do next. Mm-hmm. Um and and that part was kind of fun for me too. But I also and I mentioned this to you already, but I also really like there's just some characters I wasn't aware of. Like cuz mm-hmm. it's it's definitely it's it's Marvel Comics characters that you see that you're that you're um that they're exposing more I feel like and less so all of the characters you've seen in the movies, uh, which I like a lot about it too. Like I'd never heard of moon girl before. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd never heard of squirrel girl before. Um, And uh, it's just, it's yeah, it's just, it's fun seeing all the little tie-ins. It's fun coming up with different strategies based off the different cards. Um, And I've just, I've, I've been enjoying it a lot. I've I've been playing it too, too much. In fact, my my battery's fine today. I'm down to 60%. Um, but, uh, I think yesterday I, I damn near killed my phone just playing Marvel snap and I, it was full charge in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I've also been enjoying my time with it. Uh, I initially was frustrated about the, the resources for like, so the, the big hook for it is your upgrading cards. You don't get stat boosts. You get like visual changes to the cards. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there are every single card has its own upgrade currency f- specifically for that card. Mm-hmm. And I was frustrated because they have card variants, which are all very cool. Yes. Um, and each card variant has its own pool. Like it yes. all, it all pulls from the same pool, but it's not like upgraded at the same time. So if I have mm-hmm. two Hulk variants that I want to upgrade, I got to pick and choose which one I upgrade. Like I said, initially I was frustrated by that, but it also, I guess for me, has adds legs to the game because uh, so mm-hmm. far it has been very uh, forgiving with what it dishes out for free without having to pay for it. 
Um, right. I have hit the first premium battle pass, uh, which I, I did pick up because I, I've been enjoying the game and I want to support it in that way because there aren't mm-hmm. ads, um, which is, yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't even think I, I didn't really consider that, that there's literally no, no way to view ads whatsoever. I, I think as much time as I spent already in, in the last three days, and I, I did also hit the premium battle pass level. So I, I, I can opt into that as well too, to get some additional um, kickbacks. Um, like I think it's miles Morales, I think is the big, big one that you get right with the, with the mm-hmm. premium battle pass. Um, which is your favorite variant so far that you've gotten? I really like my Hulk variant. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, like pastel colored Hulk variant. Okay. Uh, and I, the Hawkeye variant I've got is pretty good. Um, yes. That's actually my profile picture in the game. Oh, same. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, Cause this, it gives me real um, fallout boy or not fallout boy. Um, fallout vibes. The, yeah. the vault tech boy. Yep. Yeah. Um, my favorite variant though, is I have the devil dinosaur uh just as santa claus <laughs> ah nice yes it's it's hilarious i absolutely love it it's just seeing a t-rex wearing uh wearing santa claus and with the santa claus hat and everything it's it's adorable it's hilarious um but yeah i i've i've built i think four three or four different decks now that i'm still trying to kind of i jump back and forth between them trying to decide which strategy i like the most um i know yesterday i bragged you i'd only lost like two or three games uh, when I jumped into day to play, I think I lost my first four and I'm like, Oof. what the hell is going on? Like the learning curve just like skyrocketed overnight. Um, I've, I've kind of, I've kind of leveled out a little bit. I'm starting to climb up the ranks again. Um, but I, I did like that though, too, about it that like, as you, as you level up, um, you just like straight level up to like level 20, I think it was. And then once you hit 20, that's when it's officially like you're in ranked. And so the floor is 20 and then you kind of rank up and down based off of how you how often you decide to snap, I guess, depends on yeah. how quickly you can progress. Um, so we didn't really mention that mechanic either, but like there's kind of a little bit of, of risk involved there too, because if you're confident that you're going to win the match, you can choose to snap uh, that they call it. And when you do that, depending on what round you do that on, there's six total rounds uh, determines how much um, basically rewards points you get to rank up after the match is over. Um, so if you and how snap, many reward points you lose if you lose that match? Yes, yes, that's where the risk comes in. Yes, so if you snap like immediately or within the first or second round, you're gonna get or lose eight eight points, mm-hmm. um, and then it kind of goes down each round from there because it doubles each round after you've snapped. Um, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I'm disappointed they don't have any way to play with friends yet. There's no yeah. friend system. Um, I, that was one of the first things I looked for um it's disappointed i can't play to see who's actually better but uh i'm, I'm sure looking forward to that feature yeah i'm looking forward to that feature so. miles morales has a a an ability that uh it takes advantage of like nightcrawler being able to move positions on the board uh, okay yes i did see that which is is cool because they're often like those little arenas the little zones that they have sometimes i'll see one that says uh, you can move a card into this zone or you can't move a card to this zone. Or if you move someone to mm-hmm. the zone, it gets plus one damage, stuff like yes. that. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. And I, to include a card like Nightcrawler that can move just for the random chance of getting that mm-hmm. is not worth it. But yeah, adding in other cards to take advantage of the movement um, is very cool. It's very good. Yeah. So like one strategy I've been playing with is um, Carnage. So Carnage, um, you I haven't gotten Carnage out. yet. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Yeah, it's in it's in my list of like I think it's in my battle pass. 
Okay. So with Carnage, um, if you when you play him, you take out every other creature at that location, and it's plus two to your attack for each one that you destroy mm. at that location. So I have Wolverine um, as well. And so I have him in the same deck because Wolverine, when he gets destroyed, he immediately goes to a different location. Um, he doesn't oh, nice. actually go into the discard. And so he immediately goes to a different location or any random location. And then I also use um, Squirrel Girl because she summons two squirrels at the other locations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're only plus one or, or one damage. And so doing that and then um, uh, and then my, I, I have played with Devil Dinosaur some too. And I use Moon Girl with that because Moon Girl will duplicate your entire hand once. And then I have Devil Dinosaur who gives you, uh, you get plus one attack or plus two attack for each card in your hand. Oh, um, nice. And so being able to build out that big of a hand too by using Moon Girl's ability of duplicating your whole hand, that's it's been a pretty fun combo too. I see. I haven't gotten like any of these cards you've said. Uh, oh, um, how about Spectrum? Do you have Spectrum yet? Yes. Okay. So that was that was the first deck I had built because with Spectrum, um, it's the plus two to each ongoing ability yeah. uh, card. And so I just like filled my entire deck with ongoing ability cards. And then I pretty much always draw Spectrum within the second or last round. Um, and so then I just play that and I completely shift the game at that point because all of my ongoing cards have plus two. And Kazar. Kazar has been a good one, too, if you have him already. I have. I don't. Uh, I have uh, Professor X is one I recently got that I've been I've enjoying. never seen that. Uh, when you play Professor X, it locks that arena so you can't add or remove cards from it. So if oh. you are winning an arena... Uh, he's a five cost you can just drop him in that and then you can Uh you can just focus your attention the last two to make sure you uh can win one of those two because then you win the game right it is a very very good uh, good card i also got uh blue marvel uh which i have blue marvel plus one to everything um jessica jones is pretty good yep jessica jones is good too um that's interesting to me that we have such different cards though too i honestly didn't expect it to be that big of a random pool when it was saying like mystery, mystery card, card yeah. for like your yeah i always assumed it was just okay everybody's getting the same card i didn't think uh, it was actually random like that but it sounds got like bishop yet i do have bishop okay um bishop i haven't i haven't played with too much i have played with him a little bit in my deck but i just i haven't seen the value in him because i usually get him like around round either uh second to last or last to seems when i draw him so there's not much benefit because you have to play a card after you've played him already. Right. Yeah. Um, that is one annoyance I have though with the game is that it actually pays attention to what order you play cards, even if it's in the same round as well. Yes. Um, so that's been aggravating sometimes not catching that I'm playing them out of order uh, compared to when their effects will happen because it's all based off of when they flip. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I it also is. recommend it, uh, it mm-hmm. and it's free, so people should give it a shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get more weight behind it so we can see a lot of fun features coming out. And with that, uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week with more news and discussion on everything tech, gaming, and culture. Uh, yeah, with that, thank you so much for listening. We will be back again. I have been Jake. And I've been mad. Toodles. See ya.